Welcome back, America, to Zero Credits, the show where Hillary Clinton won the presidency. That's right, America. You voted, and your votes were summarily counted, and then it culminated in Hillary Rodham Clinton winning the presidential election. And as she decreed, my name is Henry. And my name is John, said, uh... Tim Kaine, but he said it in Spanish. He said, Mi amo Juan. <laughs> and together we're Henry and Juan. No, it's still John. He just said it in Spanish. Yeah, so... So the, that election happened. Biggest event of the last four years other than an Olympics. It really kind of petered out toward the end there, you know? Yeah, really, uh, anyone could have seen this coming. Look, if you use any of the classic time-tested predictors for who will win the presidency the lsu bama game yes uh the stock market all right price of the peso you know psychic goat (laughs) psychic goat is that a real one yeah the psychic goat in scotland he's been right really he's only been doing it for two years and now he's batting a 50 percent Two years, but wait. No, two elections. Two elections, all right. That that makes more sense. Yeah, so he's batting 500 right now. All right, well, that's interesting. All of the stars in the sky spelled out Hillary. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Well, I mean, the Little Dipper did, and then the other ones just kind of followed suit. Well, humans see what they want to see in the stars. True. We also see what we want to see in our presidential candidates, which is... Why we saw good things in both of these presidential candidates. Yeah, only good things. Only good things. And uh, look forward to the next four-ish years of America largely being considered a force for good, but I'm sure that it will have its problems. That is correct. But uh, welcome to the Hillary Clinton era, and uh, we will see you after (laughs) shit. (laughs) Well... I guess we should just divulge that we're going to do another intro, yeah. just in case we're wrong. Yeah, just just in case. Uh, but, you know, we don't record these things on a, on a, what is it, a Wednesday? No. Yeah. This so, is... uh, we'll be right back with you. Uh, hang tight. You won't hear this if, uh, if Donald Trump won. So, you know, don't, don't worry too much about it. We'll be back. Welcome back. America to zero credits, the show where Donald Trump won. That's right, America. Welcome to the... Welcome. And as he's decreed, all podcasts are illegal. It's really amazing. His first two hours in the Oval Office, all podcasts. So, I mean, here's the thing. What? We really... I think we should have seen this coming. I mean, all the signs are pointing to it. The classic predictors of whoever is going to win the the presidential campaign. Yeah, the Screaming Tree of London. The Screaming Tree of London. Uh, the stars spelling out our doom. And then the psychic goat once again got a president wrong, which means Donald Trump will be our president. Yeah. As is told in the prophecy. And, the, and as he's decreed... Uh, I no longer have a name, mm-hmm. and I have to introduce my Ill- illegal immigrant friend Juan. Uh, hola. 
Uh, because every other person is now an illegal immigrant. Every, see, there was a time when I was not an illegal immigrant. Uh, I was born here. But, uh, really these, the barriers are a lot blurrier now. Yeah, it, it seems like, uh, certain... To be fair, to be fair, the physical barriers between me and the rest of the population, not blurry, very tangible, very real, I live in a camp. And uh, every other county seems to be part of Mexico for some reason. Yeah, we're kind of like a, a Dalmatian where our our black spots are just Mexico now. Yeah, that's interesting. So what's, what's really interesting is that uh, on this couch, in this podcast, it sits on the border between uh, Mexico and the United States of Numerica. And, uh, unfortunately, it, it's just John's side of the couch. I'm sorry, Wand's side of the couch. Thank you. Happens to fall on the Mexico side. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't live on this side, my apartment's actually on the America side, I was here when it happened, so, you know, gotta live with it now. And, unfortunately, he didn't have his passport on him. I don't have a passport. Well, I so... suppose that's gonna be a lot harder now, shit. Yeah, it's good, you're... I don't even know how you're going to get home. I mean, I am home. Do you live on this couch now? Uh, I l- this is my country. All right. That's weird because it's in my apartment. Although, Not your apartment anymore. I guess I don't get the door or the entrance to the kitchen anymore. Enjoy using the windows, amigo. Oh, well, that, that'll that be a fun adventure. God, it's so cool to be able to say amigo and have it not be cultural appropriation at last. It wasn't cultural appropriation, but this was puts on sombrero. Oh, I guess that is. Where's Poncho? All right. Are you claiming those as your own, though? Like your people? Yeah, now. Well, now you can because you're Mexican. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, That's... Really, this world isn't so bad after all. I was afraid that I'd have to move to a new country when Donald Trump got elected. But turns out... A new country moved to you. So, uh, how is the, how's the Donald Trump thing going over there? Uh, I've been trying to ignore it, but he stripped me of my name, mm-hmm. most of my possessions, mm-hmm. and all of my income. All of it? Yeah, he's using it to get this build-a-wall. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, he said the Mexicans were gonna pay for it. I think he just meant people who live on the same couch as a Mexican. Oh, man, so you must be paying a lot. Yeah. Because I haven't seen a single dollar, but I've seen roughly a hundred times as many pesos. So you're making the same amount still. Yeah, but just in pesos. Well, I mean, I guess the president of Mexico is really taking care of you guys. Uh, sure. I'm not too involved with politics down here. I got burned once before. (laughs) When you were forcibly put into a different country? Yeah, so probably that's not going to happen, but you know... Clearly, uh, after the the astral uh, signs of doom and the psychic goat and all this, clearly, uh, I'm just bad at reading signals. You know what they say? They said that the Cubs winning the World Series was uh, supposed to happen because this was the series finale of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I can't believe that you won't get to experience it now that you live in Mexico couch. It's a... Uh... We have a vibrant baseball community here. In Mexico couch? In Mexico, please. Do not quali- do not qualify my home. Well, it's just, it's, you live on a couch. 
Yeah. A couch in beautiful Mexico. You say beautiful, it's the same apartment. Aye, aye. <laughs> you know, you think about it, goats had a lot to do with this. It, they did. It makes me maybe give credence to the whole goats are actually spawns of Satan thing. Because, like, a goat did the Cubs thing. A psychic goat did the Donald Trump thing. The witch. The witch. The men who stare at goats. The men who... St- they stored at those goats. Stared at those goats. Yeah. Sorry, my English. It's not so good. Because you now are... Because I'm now a Mexican citizen. All right. When do we go back to the normal podcast? Uh, I think we can go back to the normal podcast. (laughs) So that was just a little thing we wanted to do just because we record on Mondays and the election takes place on a Tuesday. Miyamo Juan. Miyamo Andre. Oh, I, I, I was trying to do like a Twilight Zone thing. Oh. Like it's a twist and I was still Mexican. Yeah. Is that not? The twist was I was also Mexican the whole time. Oh, that's such a good twist. We just, we don't have Rod Sterling. What's his name? Rod Serling. We don't have Rod Serling to come out in his, in his suit and explain it to us. Yeah. Hillary, Rod Serling, Ham, Clinton. Wait. <laughs> why, why are you connecting dots? Think about it. Are you saying we've lived in an episode of the Twilight Zone this whole time? Because damn. What a good marketing campaign. Is that Doctor Who? Yeah, it's more Doctor Who. That's a British show. You're right. And as we know, Britain no longer exists. Actually, they might exist soon. Yeah, they had a judge rule on the referendum. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Followed that shit so close up until Brexit. Really have not been keeping up with it. Really should. Pretty much they voted to leave. And now, of course, they went into full panic mode. Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh, can we have somebody review what exactly (laughs) we did? Can you think about our voting choices for a second and maybe, I don't know, fix them? And some judges got together and said... You voted for the option to leave. That doesn't mean you're actually leaving yet. Mm-hmm. And so they could be still part of the European Union, depending <laughs> on what happens now. Man, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember they did like a like a poll the day after Brexit, and they did a poll of people who voted leave. And like, would you vote stay now? And like ninety four percent, like yes. Ab, why did we say leave? One of the uh, one of the most searched terms after Brexit was "What is Brexit? <laughs> what did what I does vo- it mean to leave the European Union? Why did I vote for this? Why was I riled <coughs> up in a hate mob? I feel like people do have this capacity to have this kind of political ideological drunkenness that drives them to make angry but un- ultimately uninformed choices, and there isn't a huge space for people to wake up from that political hangover the amount of just charged rhetoric that gets thrown around during this time of year is just it's insane because no one fact checks anymore yeah. you know i think we, we've harped on this for a while but it's just like it, it's true and the closer we get to the election the more it happens with and it's not even the candidates at this point mm-hmm. everyone becomes an advocate for everyone else yep and it's just like, oh, you know, Hillary, oh, man, you know what was in those emails? Pure cocaine. Yep. 
like sent to her daughter. I mean, so much of this election cycle, and you know, this isn't a new or genuine. I mean, it's a genuine thought, but it's not a new thought or innovative. But it's basically a reality show. It's not a game of policy because honestly, I think that if it were a game of policy and people actually cared about that. The results of the primaries would have been entirely different. You're right. Because Hillary Clinton isn't someone you can beat on policy knowledge, really. Really? Maybe, like, tax knowledge and stuff, whatever. But, like, people just want to be entertained, and news cycles, news stations want high ratings, so they're going to push the agendas that are the most interesting. Because, like we've talked about on Zero Credits before, life is just a narrative that either you choose to tell yourself or other people tell it for you. Yep. I mean, if if reality is perceived, the perceived reality of the past, like, two years has been that everything's broken, mm-hmm. only one or two people can fix it, mm-hmm. and, you know, one of them is, like, a giant baby man with tiny hands, because mm-hmm. that's important to know. Yeah. And the other one apparently destroyed Benghazi <laughs> with some emails. I mean, look at, uh, look at Richard Nixon. You know, uh, when Robert Kennedy debated Richard Nixon, uh, he was uh, heard to exclaim, what the fuck did I just get myself into? Because Richard Nixon had faults. I'm not a huge Richard Nixon fan. He was extremely well-versed in policy. Richard Nixon was a smart dude. And Americans cared about policy knowledge. They cared about our place in the world and how much people knew about that. Now people don't give a shit. No. Now, I mean, it kind of, with the advent of television, with that Nixon-John F. Kennedy debate, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the people who watched television thought that John won. Mm -hmm. The people who listened on radio thought Nixon won. Yep. And it's kind of, we want the more attractive thing. Yeah, that's, that's that's why JFK won, because JFK was charismatic. We want the more... I don't know. The thing that looks better. Mm -hmm. And apparently, in this case, nothing looks good. So it just became, oh, I'm just going to vote party. Yep. Which could, it's not, never a thing. Never never just vote party. But I mean, it's it's a a fascinating uh, period in history. Because we essentially have two political candidates who have gotten no one excited. Yeah. No one truly believes that that their can. I mean, the people who truly believe vehemently that their candidate has the best things at heart for this country are just generally kind of misinformed. Yeah, because you have something. You have a competition between uh, a policy illiterate reality TV magnate, not reality TV magnate. He's a magnate who was on reality TV. Yeah, and you have a consummate politician. You have someone who is, like, tried and true in any other country would be called a conservative. Yeah. Which is fine. I think that there's nothing wrong with conservatism in, like, the the British definition, I guess. There are a few things wrong with it, but, I mean, it's not being, like, a, a, like a liberal progressive, but... It, I don't know. Yeah. I just hope... I keep seeing claims that this is the most progressive democratic platform that ever been put together... And I just hope we see any of it come to light. It'd be fantastic. I mean, the entire reason this Democratic platform is so progressive is because Bernie Sanders fucking beat it into shape into being progressive. Yeah. Because the reason Bernie got so far is because he was talking to people 
who legitimately wanted progressive change. And in that way, he won because he was never going to win the presidency. No way. Which is a shame. But look how well he did for just, you know, two years ago on an, on an afternoon in Vermont, just announcing his presidency to about 20 people. Mm-hmm. So the groundswell that he created with his, uh, his run for the Democratic whatever chair. Yeah, I mean, anyone who makes an argument that Donald Trump won by running and getting this far, the exact same argument can be made for Bernie Sanders. Every presidential candidate who gets far and loses does change politics. Yep. It's, you clearly have spoken to people and they will remember their support of you going into the future. And for Donald Trump's people, that sucks. Because they will remember that hatred got them far. Yeah, we've been in this weird downward spiral with middle America where, you know, things like the Tea Party are popular. And that's really all Donald Trump spoke to. Mm -hmm. The entire sort of, you know, the entire election was just that same sort of rhetoric that the Tea Party was was spouting back then. He's just putting a a more famous face to it Mm -hmm. and one that could actually get things done done and i mean i i don't like when people talk about donald trump supporters or uh members of the gop or anything like that and they talk about stupidity because that's completely missing the point and those people aren't stupid people who vote for donald trump aren't voting for him because they're dumb they're voting for him because they're very uh pretty justifiably angry about injustices that they perceive have been committed against them And some of those injustices have merit. They are legitimate complaints that people deserve. Like, I have met with a lot of people in my job who, like, Katrina essentially destroyed their lives. Yeah. They are very anti-government, and they're very anti-establishment, and they want someone who is anything but that. Because, like, the government tried to help them, but it it helped them with uh, limited grants. It helped them with what was... Essentially, disaster relief loans kind of ruin their lives. That's fair. And I mean, I I don't think anyone who would vote for a Donald Trump is stupid. You could make the argument that they're maybe misinformed or they're letting anger guide their decisions more than they should. But they're just people. That's the problem. They're That's people. The, the problem with the democratic system is, why are we letting people vote? Yeah, let robots vote. Let robots determine what's the best for us. But the robots are rigged. Oh. It's because they're machines. Yeah. We vote with machines. It's true. Are the machines rigged? Yeah. I can't wait for the election scandals to come out. There's, you know there's gonna be Oh, there's gonna be so many. I can't wait for the, no matter who wins, I can't wait for the scandals. Yeah. Next four years, gonna be real cool for people who are kind of pessimistic shitheads. So, like myself. So all <laughs> residents of college towns, then. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> God. Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, but election talk. Oh, let's just end it. Let's. End, I, I don't have anything to add. There's nowhere to end this on a conclusion. The conclusion is Tuesday, listeners. I hope you made the right choice. Yeah. Anyway. Jurassic uh, Park? Yeah. Or let's uh, transition to anything else. So uh, I have a segment-ish. John! I have... N- oh, I have a question. You have a question? For you. Oh, what's... What it? are you supposed to say? 
Oh, but you have a segment. I don't have a title for it. Oh, well, what is it about? It's about, uh, kind of, it's about mysticism slash philosophical teachings with kind of one particular individual in mind and also how this outlook pertains to my life and the lives of those around me. All right, so we're going to call it Mystical Magical Bullshit. Mystical Magical Bullshit sounds good to me. You got to sing it. Mystical, Mystical Magical Bullshit. I like it. All right. So uh, what I want to talk about is someone I've been reading a fair amount about. And uh, really, my recent pursuits in life have, have brought me to this person. And one of the first questions I want to ask is this person is generally considered to be a mystic. All right. But I think he is only considered a mystic because he is a philosopher with multiple followers. Okay. Because, okay, uh, this is G.I. Gurdjieff. He is a, I think, German-Armenian or French-Armenian uh, philosopher, mystic, and guru. All right. And uh, he had this idea that we had this thing called the, the fourth way, fourth way of thinking juxtaposed against the original three ways that he thought one could approach uh like happiness or enlightenment or whatever people thought uh kind of a, a long-term peace was uh i forget what the apraxia is that what the greeks called it isn't that that disease you get from getting bitten by a skeever in skyrim you're right uh so the the three ways uh were and tell me if these sound at all familiar to you in, in terms of like being paths to like enlightenment. All right. The first one is the way of the fakir. Uh, what? No. Okay. Listen, the uh, fakirs are, uh, they're, they're Middle Eastern kind of monks that believe that enlightenment is through like physical trials, you know, fasting, physical exercise, doing very difficult physical things for extended periods of time. All right. And the way of the fakir is basically saying that. People believe that they can achieve enlightenment by having control over their physical state. Gotcha. So that's the way of the fakir. I'm sure we all know people like that. People who, you know, exercise a lot or have anorexia. You know, people who try to control their emotional state to bring themselves some kind of, like, inner well-being. Gotcha. And then the second way is the way of the monk. The way of the monk is having control over your emotions you know, being unmoved by things. You could also say, like, it's the way of, like, the Stoics. The Stoics. You know, people who can choose to feel a certain way and can, uh, you know, exercise certain uh, controls and parameters over their emotional state of being. And the last way is the way of the yogi, which is... Uh, Through yoga. Yes. No. It's control over your... Uh, your internal processes, your introspection, your mental state, as it not as it applies to your emotions, but as applies to, to your perceptions of yourself. Okay. You know, if you can if you can alter that to find satisfaction within yourself as you are, accept things as they are, then you're doing the way of the yogi. I hate this way of bullshit. It sounds very mystical. It sounds very mystical and dumb. But I mean, we can we can extrapolate it out to say there are people who uh, mind, emotion, and uh, body. body. You know, there are people who uh, achieve peace through controlling those things in, gotcha. in different amounts, and I think everyone does that. Were you building up to a question, or am I insane? Yeah, I'm building up to a question. Okay, this. Is... 
<laughs> long walk. Okay, so the fourth way, gotcha. the fourth way, which is what G. Iger Jeef said that people could achieve, is a state that is between all three of those things. That is being able to see uh, your physical state of being and being able to separate yourself from it and gain happiness from that. Your emotional state of being, being able to separate yourself from that and being able to separate yourself from like your self-perception, your internal state of being. And he thought that there was a place where you could exist, where you wouldn't necessarily be happy, but you'd be able to see the processes of your mind and your body, understand what's happening with all of them, and modulate them accordingly. It sounds very analytical. It's pretty analytical. All right. And um, one of his... Uh, we'll get to that in a second. What's your question? <laughs> My question is, uh, this person was considered a mystic. All right. right? Okay. What is the difference between mysticism and philosophy? All right. Now that we've we we have all the background information we need to address this question. Yes. What is the difference? I mean, like a classical definition, or no? I mean, like today. I mean, if if I if I come up to you, yeah, and I have my friend. Let's say his name is Jeff, and I say, Henry, this is my friend Jeff. Uh, he went to school for a while, and uh, he's a mystic. I... Would you treat that with more or less? Uh, uh, what is it? Scrutiny. Scrutiny than if I said, this is my friend Jeff, he's a philosopher. I would be very scrutinous because a mystic to me is like, <laughs> like, 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 like a, like a shaman or, mm-hmm. you know, some, like a healer for his people or something like that. You went to the town like mystic mm-hmm. to learn about the world, but he also like fought off evil spirits. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something about saying mystic or, or mysticism that makes you believe that they believe in their heart in something illogical. They believe in this, like, magical thing that changes things that maybe you don't necessarily believe in. And, and I don't know that, like, what makes a, a, the distinction, because certainly tons of philosophers had followings. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the school, Plato's the school, he was a philosopher, but he had a following. They didn't call him a mystic. And I think maybe uh, G.I. Gurdjieff, in this sense, was called a mystic, uh, because he would openly uh, refer to himself as a religious figure, but he would do so. The thing about G. Iger Jeef is he had a really strange, well-tuned sense of humor. He had followers who he would treat as if they were cult members, totally understanding that there was nothing religious about what he was teaching, and his followers would also understand this. Him and his followers basically had like a... Do you know what kayfabe is? Is that something that I'm not going to understand? It's professional wrestling. And kayfabe is keeping the professional wrestling universe alive while understanding that it is fake. Gotcha. So him and his followers, they basically understood nothing matters about this thing. And being able to accept that we're separate from it allows us to have fun with it. All right. The only unfortunate thing is how people... You know, the only unfortunate thing is how people outside of the circle read into it. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't get the joke, they're just going to see what they want to see. Which is a cult. And suddenly it's a cult and he's a, he's a, an actual religious figure and a mystic. Mm-hmm. However, if this is like a knowing kind of ironic title, then I think you could just call him a philosopher if you wanted to. Unless just you... kind of maybe an outlandish one. Yeah, he, he would do things such as he would take his followers and make uh, increasingly cruel or bizarre or nonsensical demands of them. He he would go up to them and he'd like, 
I would like you to deliver to me a fresh baked loaf of bread uh, made by a virgin who's 35 and a half years old. Knowing that this is basically impossible and the follower would internalize that, maybe try to do it, maybe try to understand what it means or how impossible that is. And it would essentially be a, a task to find people who were blindly following him and would try to do whatever he said, or people who could step back from him and go, that's ridiculous, that's impossible, but actually it's really funny that you ask me that because it's so impossible. Or was he trying to, in the way of their nirvana, they meditated impossibilities. What is the sound of one hand clapping? That's also, I mean, one of the, the things that he would ask his followers to do, it's like, He'd ask them to do it because he's trying to get them to separate themselves from these other things and kind of not take life so seriously. Uh, maybe in a perfect reference to this point, his probably his most well-known disciple, Bill Murray. Oh, that's that comedian guy who likes the Cubs and whatnot. Yes, uh, Bill Murray was a disciple of G. Edgar Jeeves. And you can kind of see it in that Bill Murray just doesn't really seem to care unless the cubs win then he really cares and then people they must take a picture of him like rubbing his eyes as a picture of emotion mm. and they neglect the video footage of him actually emoting <laughs> and then they just like put a bunch of text over it and they're like bill murray cry 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 but he Sad was just, emoji he was just like doing this basically like rubbing his the listeners can't see it but you can yeah he was doing that yeah and that makes sense. I mean, do everyone that, rubs their eyes. Especially after a 10-inning baseball game that ends in a 108-year yeah. curse being broken. Also ending at like 1 a.m. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, also that. Uh, I but, mean, because he's old. He's like, what, 80? He's like 70-something. Yeah, 78. But, uh, I don't know, it's it's just something I've been thinking about. Kind of kind of trying to separate myself, maybe, from these schools of thinking. Because I'm not like becoming a disciple of this dude because he's dead and dumb. But I well, just think that's a it's it's a fascinating thing to try to do to think that maybe uh, these aesthetic tradition aesthetic ascetic traditions that we kind of look up to are uh, are maybe lacking in one area or another and maybe could stand to be a little removed from them. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. But also, the average person isn't thinking about these schools of thought or philosophy anymore. So, isn't everyone who doesn't take philosophy seriously already a decipher of hi geef hi geef i don't know his uh, name maybe so maybe the most important way to live the fourth way is to never know about it in the first place i think that's the perfect disciple of this person uh, that actually would be kind of the perfect yeah yeah it would be someone who would look at it face value and be like, that's ridiculous, what what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it makes me think of like a cult finding like, okay, so G.I. Joe, uh, he passes away. Yes. And the, the, the members of the cult, no, sorry, the members of his following that thought yeah. it was a cult mm -hmm. panic. And like they try to find the next, you know, person to take over. And then it's like a real King Ralph scenario uh, yeah. where they just find some unwitting dope. Yep. Who's like, this is ridiculous. And they're like, oh. He knows the teachings. Yep. Because G.I. Cleef would say, probably say, like, you're being ridiculous too. Mm-hmm. 
That'd be so good. I would. I would I, like. And Let's I, write that story. It, it could be a movie that rivals the gods. Must be crazy. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's the same sort of thought here. I want a Coke now. Oh, ba da ba ba ba. Coke. Product placement. Oh man, that was a that was a rousing conversation about how we shouldn't give so much of a shit about anything. Well, I think being enlightened and then devoting yourself to something are two different things yeah the general premise of this podcast is look things up learn stuff be knowledgeable about things Mm -hmm. and you know but don't devote your life to anything i mean the one thing we (laughs) always tell people to do is like yeah question what people tell you question yourself yeah you should question stuff don't don't take anything at face value devote your life to questioning things don't devote your life to the meanings behind things yeah and in that way, we are mystics. We are G. Iger Jeef. Is that his name? Yes. G. Iger Jeef. G. I. George Ivanovich Gurjeef. Geiger Counter Joe. All right. Geiger Jeef. Why doesn't he have an American name? Oh, like he does have. He does have an American name. What is Tiger it? Jeff? <laughs> I should have told you that before. Is that real? Tiger Jeff. Tiger Jeff. Tiger Jeff. That's not a real thing. It's not. All right, good. Ha ha. These are the teachings. You've pulled the wool over my eyes. And I, with that, I think we'll, we're going to step away real quick and be like immediately back because we don't do ads anymore. You're right. Also, we got to fucking get this show on the road. I know, man. We, we got to speed this fuck. Fucking oh, no, Jesus no, Christ. Jesus oh, man. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. <laughs> and we're back. Not that we went anywhere. No, we just stayed here. Yeah, and kind of sat silently on a couch for about, I don't know, ten minutes. I really enjoy the silent part. Yeah, it makes me feel like dancing. Uh, silent dancing. Yeah. And... Yeah. Opposite of tap dancing. You know those uh those those silent concerts? Yeah, silent discos. Yeah, silent discos. What a bullshit thing, huh? Yeah. Here's the thing. What if you're in a silent disco and you're listening to a tune and someone else is listening to a different tune and you try to dance and it's weird. Yeah, because you're dancing to different rhythms and or beats. You gotta dance alone. You're practically doing that just surrounded by people. I would really like to go to a silent disco and not listen to anything. Yeah. That would be really interesting because it'd just be people like dancing, just going. Tap, 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 tap. Would it be like a faux pas to try to have a conversation? <laughs> just like someone tries to dance at you and you're like, silent discos, huh? <laughs> weird. It's real weird here. Why is everybody silent? And when they when they talk back, just like motion to your ears, like <laughs> I can't, I can't hear you. I'm listening <laughs> to music. <laughs> what What if you listen to an audio book at a silent disco? <laughs> you just see people moving and dancing and it's like mother died today or was it yesterday i can't really remember my mother was a fish but uh, 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 uh. but you're grooving out to, a, to an audiobook you're, you're grooving out to a david sedaris novel you know an audiobook is surprisingly good what the one for world war z you're right 
World War Z is a surprisingly good book in and of itself. You know what's so good about the audiobook? Oh. You know how the book is a collection of interviews and different voices and it's like this kind of documentary style book? Mm-hmm. They get different roles for each of the voices and have different perspectives. That's cool. Yeah. What about uh, Israeli uh, Defense Force Lady? Does, is she a good read? I didn't personally listen to this. Oh. This is a second-hand review from my girlfriend. Okay. But no, World War Z is... Uh, I feel like World War Z and the Zombie Survival Guide were really good kind of tongue-in-cheek things that in no way could have predicted how rote and intolerable zombies would become. Yeah, I never read the Zombie Survival Guide, but World War Z was like... It was so well-crafted, it was, you know, basically art. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's a very good book, and I what's fascinating about it is the author, what's his name, Mark Brooks, something Brooks? It's Max Brooks, I Max think. Max Brooks. Uh, he's a real big hist- like history nerd and military history, and he really does a good job of weaving in some interesting uh, military and political history into these different segments. And it does kind of the best thing that a globe-trotting crisis novel can do in that it is at all points not nationalistic whatsoever no it's always focused on the individual or a group of individuals Mm -hmm. you really care for the characters in the short amount of time you get to spend with them but you really get the feeling like he he adores like world history and kind of just uh really likes learning about different countries like there's a I think there's a segment that takes place in Rio de Janeiro and he talks about like favelas and goes really in depth on like construction of favelas and how it feels to live in that environment. It's really good stuff. I've got two favorite sections of that book. The My first favorite section is the, uh, the, the town of like boats. Mm-hmm. Just a whole town of ships that are like connected to each other. Because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it's like, like Libertalia. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, the second one was the one about the otaku. Yes, that was really good. <laughs> um, probably my two favorites would be the the boat town. Yeah. And the other one would be the one with the uh, Israeli Defense Force woman who's describing the... Uh, I think she was Israeli Defense Force. Talking about the, uh, the brutal uh, kind of totalitarian military rule that took over. And I like it because that's where I learned the actual definition of the word decimate. Oh, you mean to reduce to ten or by ten? Reduce by a tenth. Yeah. In that he he got their entire uh, platoon or group together and uh, decimated them in that he killed exactly one-tenth of them randomly. That's insane. But it's so cool. Yeah. It's not cool that that happened. I mean, it's in a book, so it didn't happen. But I just think it's really interesting that uh, Max Brooks had the zombie survival guide where he very seriously and kind of meticulously researched and set out this series of rules almost kind of as a lark to be like wouldn't it be funny if i made this like coffee table book about how to kill zombies yeah and then world war z came out which was a world that played like step by step with those rules it was really cool and now zombies suck yeah they're 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 just everywhere you know there's walking dead z nation i zombie mm-hmm. uh the world war z movies which are nothing like the book in any way shape or form well i thought the first i thought world war z is there a sequel i don't know i there's, thought it's coming out i thought world war z the movie was okay it was kind of like uh 
it was kind of like an angels and demons with zombies. It's like, ah, oh, this is vaguely interested in the world at large and has zombies in it. And it it's concerning the, the CERN Hadron Collider? Yes. Because angels and demons. True, true. But no, it's like it's it's like a... What's the... Dan Brown. It's like a Dan Brown novel of a book, of a movie. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it was just vaguely worldly and pretty interesting in kind of a blockbustery way. I didn't see it because, you know, I live under the the premise that you see maybe five movies a year. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to vote with your dollar, you don't see every movie that comes out. Yeah, don't be a movie whore. Yeah, seriously. Don't just go see movies just because they come out. That's me. You. I do that constantly. I see like maybe five movies a week. How? How is there that many movies to see? I don't sleep a lot. I gotcha. Um, so, I don't know. Oh, uh, before we depart with the uh, the that weird line of discussion, uh, Max Brooks, really cool guy, never talk to him about his dad. Oh, really? Never bring up his dad. Is this a thing? This is a thing. Oh. You want to know who his dad is? Uh... Mel Brooks? Yes. Holy shit, you're kidding. Never talked, never bring it up. Are you are you kidding? He hates it when people talk about his dad. No, but is this a real thing? That's a real thing. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Just don't bring it up. Man. Talk to him about his work. Mm -hmm. Do not bring up Blazing Saddles. Never. I, not, not specifically Blazing Saddles. <laughs> just that one thing. <laughs> that would be... I just... <laughs> what if, I like all of my dad's work, but Blazing Saddles. Just never t never talk about a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, Max and Mel. You know, uh, let's let's depart this line of weird discussion with this. I think Zombie Survival Guide, World War Z, kind of the best fiction to come out of this whole zombie thing. Alright, I'll, I'll agree to that. Because they're just super fleshed out, complex, interesting works. <laughs> fleshed out. Ah! Because zombies eat flesh. I'm a skeleton! Ah! I'm a zombie! John? Ah! John, what are you doing? I'm being a skeleton. Nice. Uh, but in addition to being a skeleton, I am desperately searching for topics in my mind that we could talk about. Don't worry. What? Uh, I don't have any you don't have any football is football's happening crazy am i right is football new no there's nothing new under the goalposts. i mean they change the rules every year that's what's, what's the newest rule <laughs> i don't know anything about football they they moved the uh the touchback it used to be the touchback was 20 yards mm -hmm. now it's 25 what's a yards. touchback is that wait no the touchback is when you score a touchdown and then where you put the ball after you score the touchdown. No. For the kick. No. Fuck, what is, what's a touchback? A touchback. I don't know shit about football. <laughs> Look, a touchback is on a kickoff or a punt. Okay. If you, if the receiving team like downs the ball mm -hmm. in the end zone, mm -hmm. they'll start at the 25 yard line now. Okay. That's a touchback. I, I feel like I don't see a lot of touchbacks in the football that I watch. Uh, and maybe not in the football you watch, but in, in the NFL, it's pretty much every kickoff. Okay, well, that would make sense. It's a, it's a and by the football I watch, I mean the games of, of Madden 2006 I used to play on my PlayStation 2. Very rarely. Also, I was very bad at it. Gotcha. We don't have to talk about football, but I do want to say... Yeah? You know, 
the most interesting job in the world. I'm just kidding. I'm exaggerating. What must be a really horrible job is being a football commentator. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Why? You have to fill three hours of time talking about things that the viewer is seeing on their own. Yeah, it's true. And, I mean, I guess the job of being a commentator um, is... And this is something that we can talk about for a second. I think the job of being a commentator is kind of being an oral historian of the sport. You need to be very well acquainted with both the uh, the strictures of the game structure, in addition to knowing a ton about its history. And maybe sometimes you don't know everything about how the game's played. No, I agree. That's what the commentator should be. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens anymore. Is it not? You know what happens today? What happened to John Madden? Oh, John Madden left. He died. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Wait, no, that's Tom Clancy. <laughs> John Madden, I think, is still alive. Um, no, okay. Uh, okay, so we're going to record two versions of this podcast. One where John Madden is alive and one where John Madden is he's dead. He's definitely alive. He didn't die. He wasn't that old. John, okay. The thing is, uh, I can't talk to you when you're on your phone. No, it's fine. Talk about it. What are you looking up? Are you looking up if John Madden's dead? No. He's you, he's not dead. He's not dead. He's 80, though. Yeah. He's getting dead. He's deaf. up there. Okay. So they should be an oral historian who knows things about the games and stuff, who, who just can talk about any topic. What happens, though, you've got the play-by-play guy mm-hmm. who's literally telling us what's happening, and you've got the color commentary guy who's supposed to, like, fill in the gaps of the play-by-play with little tidbits of information or whatever. It would be great if they knew the structure of the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead, what you get... So I watched the LSU-Bama game, mm-hmm. and randomly they just put up two players. Just two mm-hmm. random players. wasn't even quarterbacks. Okay. And it just they had all their stats, you know, like yardage and all that. But at the bottom of one of them just said, Proficient in Sign Language. Nice! That's really going to come in handy. Proficient, proficient in sign language. In I, gu- I guess if you if you're an NFL commentator, and you have so much history to talk about with individual players, yeah. but if you're in college ball, you're like these people are like twenty. Exactly. What the fuck am I supposed to talk about? He won his science fair. On <laughs> another college game, because I, I, this past weekend I was, had the opportunity to watch every college game. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, they broke into the game like it was a lull or something. And they're showing this one player uh, with, like, an easel and, like, a drawing pencil. Mm-hmm. And he was drawn. And they had some some other person there, too, yeah. who was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this is cool. We're going to see them, like, this kid obviously does art. Yeah. So he's, he's going to do some art real quick. And they'll show it. Mm-hmm. I, but the guy they wouldn't stop talking to each other <laughs> and so the we never got to see the kid draw but they had the presence of mind to then show the other person who turned what? out to be one of the commentators they showed his artwork and it's but just not like, the player not the player that's dumb not the reason for the segment what if the player turned it around and it just said like go state <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really like to put like, like there was no color it was just very meticulously drawn out i like to put all my stress into like positive like artwork and it's just do 
do your best just to do it backwards nike swoosh oh um, that's dumb i mean i i'm jealous of jealous of like i have a place to speak like if you're a hockey commentator football commentator uh basketball commentator it could be a little rough yeah two jobs that i'm sure any of those commentators wish they had uh professional wrestling commentator because nice. the only thing you can be is a play-by-play guy yep because you're because shit is constantly happening it's like because you know wrestling is fake so they you know they have to keep things going and being interesting so you're like he did that he jumped off and did this thing look at his legs ah and also an esports commentator oh esports because in esports uh electronic sports i believe uh, if you're talking about Dota or Overwatch or League of Legends, Hearthstone, Hearthstone, the audience you are preaching to is so intimately aware of everything about the game. You can just say ultimate jargon, just everything that's happening or could happen. You, there's no filter there. You just, you're a person who knows a lot, and you just speak fast. At a high volume about things that are just happening. I, I watched a good percentage of the World's Championship of League of Legends. I haven't played that game in over five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I watched it and I under, like I listened to the commentary. It was in the same language that I speak and understand. And it was just like, yeah, he really did alt his cooldowns there. Yep. I had no idea <laughs> what they were saying. I but w- it was enjoyable. I was watching a stream of people playing Dota. Yeah. And the person playing Dota was doing it for Child's Play, which is currently going on. Donate to Child's Play. It's a great charity. Um, Well, it's a charity. It's a charity. Uh, So it's for Child's Play. And the person streaming it does not play Dota, but he was on a team of people who play professional Dota. And he thought, oh, it would be funny if uh, I played with a bunch of people who are good Dota-ers. Yeah. And... They were so in their element, but they were, like, trying to help him. But they couldn't help but speak in jargon that he could not possibly understand. Because he was trying to pick a character. And they were like, no, man, pick, like, Greystone. And they just, like, kept saying this name that he should pick. He's like, I have no idea. There's no character with this name. They're like, oh, sorry. That's that's what he was called back in Dota in Warcraft 3. I was like, how the fuck was I supposed (laughs) to know what he was called 12 years ago? You got to get your AD up, man, and, and then... like they, they were talking, and they're like, "Oh, go in the go in this lane." Oh, you're feeding, just complete jargon. He's like, I literally because he went into it being like, "It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be so incompetent." He got so angry at the professional people telling him what to do. He's like, "What? Just speak in a way that is digestible to an audience. What are you doing?" But they, but they are an audience who knows and understands Dota. He's yeah. just not one of those people. But like his audience, they're not used to that. Well, then tough. You gotta <laughs> get up that, that. You gotta study that glossary. You you gotta. I mean, just the shit they were doing was ridiculous. Like they kept uh, instructing him to like get in a certain position to do a certain thing, and they were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna do this. You know, just get on, get on board, and do this." And he's like, uh, "How do I do this?" And then he did it. He pulled it off successfully. He's like. What did I just do? He's like, oh, well, when you do that and another character does this and someone else is is rushing mid, he was like, so the thing that you're telling me to do is a combination of efforts between three different people and it has one succinct name? Yep. What? That's why I got out of those games. Uh, I got out of League of Legends 
It was the first, uh, what, what do you call those games? Lord's Management. <laughs> Lord's Management? Multiplayer Online Battle Arena MOBA. MOBA. Uh, that was the first MOBA I ever played. <laughs> Your first Lord's Management. <laughs> and, uh, it was the first MOBA I ever played. Signed on, picked a character, uh, voice chat, someone just, I will rape you! And then I just turned it off. I'm like, great, this is exactly what I wanted. I uh, I quit. The reason I quit League League of Legends, which was my first Lords Management game, uh, uh, the username Justin Bieber odd string of numbers told me that I sucked, and I was like, you know what? Thank you, Justin Bieber. I do suck. I'm going to quit. You've given me what I need. <laughs> All I needed was Justin Bieber to tell me that I sucked. What if it was actually Justin Bieber? I like to imagine that it was. <laughs> And uh, he took you out of that environment. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I, you know, buy all his albums as a thank you. No, yeah. I, I don't. See, this is why people should never play games online and just play Hitman. That's a good idea. Because I, I keep... Why do you keep singing the Jurassic Park I don't Park know. Theme? I don't know. I keep watching people play Overwatch and I keep thinking, oh yeah, that looks fun. But then apparently the community, just like every online community... Is very toxic, and you can't play the heroes you want to play because people are like, "No, man! According to the tier list, no one should play that character." Yep. It's just like, but I'm playing for fun. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a video game. The last time online video games were okay were like two months after Team Fortress Two came out. Oh yeah, because the community was like, "I don't care, have fun." Well, it, that's because Team Fortress Two, you know, they didn't have these ranking systems or this matchmaking bullshit. It was just Get on, kill people, win a game, lose a game. The, the wins and losses didn't really matter. Isn't that the thing about Overwatch, though, is it doesn't tell you how well you did? It doesn't tell you... It'll reward you, but it makes sure not to, like, let you know you were at the bottom or at the top. It, it no, does, it'll let you know if you're at the top. It it doesn't do that in-game, except for you can see your own team. Yeah. Um, but, like, it... But, like, at the end, there's not, like, a leaderboard. It's like, you just get this many arbitrary points. Yeah, but if you lose, your whole team loses. Oh, yeah, and that's fine. And you lose what what the points. You lose ranking points, and, and that's bad. And then they have, like, a play of the game thing, which what, is cool. Yeah, it's, I think that's a cool thing. I don't think we should ever rank people against each other in something that should be fun. Everything should just be a probability matrix. Darts, don't score it. Just throw shit at a wall. Who cares? I think there's a a need that to be said. Not every game is going to be the next esports Madukers thing, and we don't need to. We don't need a lot of different esports Madukers. Not everything's going to be Rocket League, which or Hearthstone. Hearthstone is. They just had their world championship, and it basically. Oh, did you win? I wasn't in it. Then why do you even play? I don't. But basically, the world championship was a series of coin flips. Great. Because it's just like, there's so much random chance in the game mm-hmm. that skill doesn't really factor in. It's just like, oh, if you can just flip a coin and win the game, mm-hmm. then why why would you do anything else? It's dumb. Yeah, video it's games really... is in a weird state right now. I don't, I'm not, I'm legitimately not interested in playing video games right now. Well, that's because you have a real person job and you're not homeless. But no, like two two video games have come out in the recent past that I was legitimately interested in playing. One of them is Hitman, and I bought Hitman. And Hitman is great. Alright. And no one can tell me that Hitman isn't great. It's bad. Number two, uh, My Summer Car. 
What is My Summer Car? My Summer Car is a game that is a simulation of living in Finland where it is a permadeath roguelike about fixing up a car over the course of a summer and buying sausages and peeing in a lake and punching cops in the face. What is this game and no... You've never heard of My Summer Car? This isn't real. My Summer Car? No. You have a car that is just a chassis. You must rebuild the car piece by piece in a realistic simulation. You also have hunger, thirst, dirtiness meters. You have to sleep. It's a permadeath roguelike where you live... Listen, where you live on a farm in Finland and you have to eat sausages and drink beer to keep from dying and then to make money, you uh, pilot a sewage truck to suck up people's poop from their sewers and you deliver wood to people and then you buy sausages and then you work on your car and then you get drunk and then you work on your car and you buy sausages and you suck poop out of people's sewers and then you get drunk and you eat sausages and you fix a car how do you how do you find these really weird games you just have to look no you just have to put on the glasses how do you find these really weird games i'm gonna show you my summer car we should live stream it Let's live stream my summer car. That sounds like a good idea. That's actually a cool idea. Yeah. I'm, I like it. I'm not joking around. We should do this. I want to make you play my summer car. Well, all right. It's $14. Shit. I'll, sub, I'll subjugate the cost. Subsidize. <laughs> I'll subjugate the cost to my wallet. But uh, you drink beers. I get it. Oh, so we can make it a drinking game. Uh, if we drink every time the, the character in My Summer Car drinks, we will die. All right, that sounds like a plan. Also, uh, you have a spanner set and you have to pick the right one and manually tighten all the bolts on the car. My Summer Car. Is this a VR game? It should be. Oh my god. It would be sickening. No, there's a lot of good games out. Civilization Six. What, on VR? No, what? I want VR... Put, hold your phone in front of your face. Isn't it $1,500? Hold your phone in front of your face. Isn't it $1,500? Get a cardboard box and put it on your face. I want to play horseshoes and hand grenades. I don't know what that... Stop knowing things. <laughs> I know video games, but not good ones. Civilization Six was good and that just came out. I heard it's really good. Skyrim Special Edition is just Skyrim. Oh man, Skyrim was such a good game. Yeah, they re-released it with updated graphics that look the same. Oh, no Were ch- the expansions good? Uh, Dawnguard was kind of you know, phoned in, but Dragonborn was really good. Okay, because I remember that uh, I was playing Skyrim one time and I shot a wizard in the face with an arrow and that was cool. Okay. Man, also, man, Skyrim was so good. Skyrim's a good game. Skyrim's like Morrowind, but easier to play. Yeah, Morrowind's better. Yeah, better story from what people have told me. What I really like about Skyrim was they're like, yeah, we're bringing back the, the complexity of having like full length not full length, but like seriously long books you can read, just like in Morrowind. Copy and paste text from books in Morrowind into Skyrim. Yeah, you thought they would have new books? <laughs> Apparently not. Have you seen a printing press in any of these games? Is there any lusty Argonian made? There is a new one, yes. Great. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Man, that was a deep dive conversation. Sorry, listeners, we like video games. All I'm trying to say is Mass Effect Andromeda, the tra- first trailer went out today. I should really finish Mass Effect 3. Happy in 7 day, by the way. Is that what that day is? November 7th. Man. Because the N7 isn't oh. a real thing. What about the day that the Normandy... Oh, the spoilers. The day the Normandy exploded? Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. 
But, uh, no. I don't know. Mass Effect looks good coming out spring 2017. All the Mass Effects was good. Pokemon Sun and Moon coming out this, this month. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care. That's Not fine. really about Pokemon, but... Nintendo Switch was announced. It's gonna what about a new Fire Emblem? That They had Fates a couple of years ago. No, nah, a new one. <laughs> Did you play Fates? When's the Zelda... Breath of the Wild, no release date yet. It's like Skyrim, but with Zelda. Yeah. That's what everyone says. It's and not true. Nintendo Switch looks cool. Mm-hmm. You can switch it from a portable to a, a home console. Here's my question. What? So, the Nintendo Switch has like a screen part in the middle. Yeah. And it's got little handlies yeah. that you can put on it. Yeah. What if you take the handlies off? What do you do with just the screen, huh? You set it, you, you set it on like a surface so you can... Look, you can look at it and use the little oh, controls so cool. to control it. Yeah, that's so cool. Why don't I have that? Because <laughs> it's not out yet. It's coming out. Uh, people are thinking March of next year. Okay, I'll probably buy that. Oh yeah, uh, Mister Disposable. Income. Oh guys, Henry, <laughs> what are you interested in? Black Friday deals? Sure. There's a PS4. What? There's a PS4 bundle. What does it do? One hundred and seventy-five dollars for a PS4. That you said bundle. It's got, like, Uncharted or some shit with it. Uncharted? I don't know. If I wanted to buy a DVD player and watch a movie, I would buy a DVD player <laughs> I and just, watch a movie. I just want to buy a PS4 so I can play Tokyo Jungle. I thought you wanted to play the other game, the Red Red Redemption. <laughs> I forgot Red Dead Redemption 2. Is... <laughs> Why didn't they name it something cool? Yeah, because there was Red Dead Revolver. Yeah. And then there was Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. And they should have called it Red Dead Road to Perdition. Isn't that an Opeth? title or something <laughs> wait red okay let's think of a better name for red dead redemption 2 red dead retriever red dead revelation true okay so this one probably takes place after the 1920s sure so red dead Re- revolution because the industrial revolution nice oh half the cities could be industrial be so good it could be about yeah the invasion of like the the industrial technology into the west which because like that was the whole thing at like the last quarter of red dead redemption was like your guy didn't trust cars and new ways of life were encroaching and simpler ways of life and just build that out yeah half the guns would be semi-automatic red dead revolution oh it'd be so good that's awesome we can't do that because that's not what it is how do you know how, how many details have been released? Uh, three moving pictures. One of them has a posse, so it looks like Red Dead Magnificent 7. <laughs> Red Dead... Red Dead Ragnificent. Red Dead Ragnificent. Oh, boy. I guess we should, uh... Yeah, probably. I guess speaking, we should, uh, call this. Speaking of Black Friday deals... Yeah. Guess what deals we have for you, our listener. What is it? You can contact us for free. Oh, that's a heck of a deal. It used to be a heavy price. Yeah. And uh, I know one of the ways they can contact us. Let's just streamline this. We, let's not... We've got a Facebook. We've got a Twitter. Yeah. We have an email address. Contact us on those. Zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. ZCPCWHJ on twitter.com. Face- Zero credits podcast on facebook.com. Good. Contact on those if you want. Let's not belabor this. But we... In exchange, 
share this these share this podcast with your friends yeah commenting and liking that does one thing but word of mouth is how we get about yeah tell your friends tell your dogs tell your fish tell your frogs your frogs uh tell tell your enemies tell your your side chick (laughs) tell tell the boy next door yeah and as we know the time-tested zero credit share the show rhyme uh, uh yeah we'll say it together we know it so well yeah uh, zero, zero credits, credits best, best in town, town. sharing with your bestest frown <laughs> yeah zero credits best in town share it with your bestest frown do not smile when you share it because people will not trust you <laughs> and also frowned is a funny way to pronounce friend Oh, okay, yeah, that too. It's uh, it's what you call a kenning. Yeah, and it's not a kenning. It's a homonym, also known as a kenning. It's a homily. Now, anyway. That's a hominy. Look, have a good day. <laughs> Please do. Sorry for everything. No, this was great. Was it? Mm-hmm. We didn't say bye. 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 You gotta say it at the same time. Bye. Bye. No, at the same time. Bye. Bye. I'm doing a bit.